nine minutes. My snooze button gives me nine minutes. Nine, nine minutes is not a snooze. 90 minutes, that's a snooze. Has, has anyone ever woken up from the nine minutes refreshed? Oh, I was exhausted nine minutes ago, but now, right as rain. Thank you, Gary Gullman. We are going to give you nine minutes, but hopefully at the end of that, you wake up informed. Welcome to the Snooze Button Express. My name's Neil Headley. We're going to get you an interview with award-winning author Roy Parvin for this episode. His career was just going gangbusters, chugging along writing, and one night just couldn't sleep. That became two nights, and then three, and then it turned into what he calls My Year of Sleeping Dangerously. It's a cautionary tale that he has written for anyone who's ever tried to self-diagnose their sleep issues or for people who've seen someone other than a sleep specialist. Here we go. Let's get you straight into it here on the Snooze Button Express with Roy Parvin. Roy, I want to find out how you slept last night. I had a good night's sleep. I was really anticipating this talk, but I had a little time dropping off, but I've learned that Sometimes it can take you a little longer than you want to drop off, but I got about seven and a half hours. Wow. And, and for you, that's, that's rarefied air. That is rarefied air compared to what I've been through the last number of years, so I'm loving it. So let's take this a few steps back and let's begin with this conversation about August the 11th, 2016. Talk sure. to me about that night. It was a night that a friend came to town I had not seen in a long time, and it was a really exciting night, and I didn't sleep that night, and I chalked it up to the fact that this was someone I hadn't seen, and it was a natural, just a form of excitement rather than anything else to worry about, but then the next night I didn't sleep, and then the next night I didn't sleep, and by by that time I finally told my wife that I was not sleeping. I was a little bit embarrassed about it. I thought it was just something I could power through, and then... It took on a life of its own after that. I didn't, I didn't achieve REM sleep for 339 straight days. I'm going to ask you to say that number again slowly. <laughs> 339 straight days without REM sleep. Uh, is there any kind of research out there for, uh, you, you know, I remember an old episode of MASH where they talked about uh, how many days in a row can you stay awake? And I think the answer was 12, but you have to keep dancing. Um, <laughs> well, I, I was experiencing micro sleeps. I was basically, after I took my sleep test, I found out that I was waking myself up every 90 seconds because I couldn't breathe. So I was, I was having sleep, but it was very, very, very poor sleep. If it was a blanket, it was very, very threadbare. Talk to me about the journey. Well, we, uh, for the first number of months, we didn't see a doctor. Uh, we both didn't have, we, we were not educated in sleep medicine. We thought we could sort of power through it. I tried acupuncture. We drove all over to get rarefied herbs we'd heard about, you know, pharmaceutical grade melatonin. We did everything. We, we downloaded apps, uh, meditated tried yoga. Yoga did work. I actually wrote a yoga book. That was one of the good things that came. Actually, I got two books out of this horrible experience, but in, in one of them is a yoga book that's coming out next month. So some things did work, but nothing. Yoga solved the problem of not sleeping in the sense that it calmed me down. It did not get me to sleep. You wouldn't recommend what happened to you as something that should go into a writer's toolbox, though. No, 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 no. Suffering is good for writers in, in, in small degrees, I think. That was too much. And then finally, we did go to a doctor uh, after about five months, and that doctor misdiagnosed and gave me a lot of very, very dangerous drugs 
that I didn't need. And after we finally got the right diagnosis, the drugs were still hanging around like a dark cloud that took a long time to get off of. There's a sort of insanity that at first took hold. And then after a while, after I was on the medication, a kind of dementia took hold where I stopped driving the car because I would forget where I parked the car. Uh, at a certain point, they were just kept on going out on that emotional explanation for what was going wrong. And they thought I was bipolar. So they put me on lithium and they said, well, you're not taking enough lithium. And I would forget five minutes after lunch what I had eaten for lunch. Wow. And it, it just my whole life just unspooled. I became pretty much like a child. And my wife, Janet, pretty much had to stop working. We both worked at home for ourselves. And she had to just, you know, take care of her adult child um, until, we've, until we could figure out what was in that. This is when I was cycling on all different sorts of dangerous benzodiazepines and different sleep medications. Nothing was working. It's a shock just how long they took to get to the point of figuring, well, maybe I should take a sleep test because they just kept on explaining it as, I mean, it must have been, they, they, they saw a writer on that little part that they filled in on the form. They thought I was crazy or something because they just kept on saying it was a psychological problem. Now, you said that this 339 nights basically derailed your career. Right. I was working on a novel and I stopped working on it. Um, I really couldn't do anything. I mean, basically, it was sort of getting me through the day and hoping that maybe this would be the night that would be different and I would get to sleep. And every it was like a test I would fail every single night. And the rest, I would I would I, I would get up and I would lie in bed and I would get up in the morning and I would think all day about getting to sleep that night. I'm sure you've been through that cycle before. Sure. It just becomes self-defeating. You start sleep becomes it has this weight in your life. And while you're there, sleep is you, you think you're going to be hopeless. You, you sort of write the self-fulfilling prophecy that hasn't even happened yet. And so it's, it's really just a strange thing that takes over your world the way it warps everything. I feel like things like eating and sleeping are areas of science that based on the sheer length of time we've been doing them <laughs> and the number of people that do them, I feel like we should have that licked by now, don't you? I do. And I think that eating and sleeping are very, very closely linked. I don't know about your experience. I lost about 50 pounds during my year of sleeping dangerously. And I feel it sort of changed my metabolism. But it's true that that I think we're like with food and sleep are sort of left to bump along on our own. I had to learn myself that I was gluten free. And I think that there should be easier ways of figuring these things out. It's fascinating how many of those skills that we are continuing to find out are pretty critical, you know, for day to day existence. And and we, for the most part, wait for our kids to stumble upon the answers themselves. Right. And it's scary that that's still happening. I mean, we, when we were growing up, that was sex education. Don't let that be sleep. <laughs> um, wow. And, and I'm glad you just did that because it reminds me that there are uh, moments in the book and, and turns of phrase and things like that in the book, uh, My Year of Sleeping Dangerously. I kind of wished that the sleep troubles would stretch out a little bit longer because I was enjoying the reading so much. Roy, thanks again for making time for this tonight. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Neil. 
There you go, Roy Parvin. All the info on Roy, including links to him, his books, and all that, both in the show notes and on our website. It's worth mentioning the website for you as well because uh, there's a whole ton there for you at thesnoozebutton.com. Not only the show notes, also a pile of links. There's a contest page. You can leave a question for our panel of sleep experts. There's a super easy way to rate and review the show. You can leave us your feedback there. You got links to all our social media profiles. You can even support the show with a donation to help keep it commercial free and keep the doors open, if you will. So, All of that's waiting for you there. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard with Roy and you want more of it, there's an extended version of this podcast that's simply called The Snooze Button. And you can find that not only on your favorite podcast app, but you can also search for that on our website as well at thesnoozebutton.com. Back next week with another episode where we get the results of my first trip to a sleep lab. Till then, get some sleep, would you? 